I'm Abby Hornacek. I'm Ben Dominich. I'm Dana Perino, and this is the Fox News Rundown. Wednesday, August 9th, 2023. I'm Ryan Schmelz. As the nation's capital grapples with violent crime, one city councilman believes it's time to bring in the cavalry. He is basically saying that it's a war zone. The police are outgunned and that the best way to address this or a way to address this is to consider, he says, may have to call in the National Guard. This is the Fox News Rundown Evening Edition. Washington, D.C. has seen a violent crime increase of 37 percent compared to this time last year. That includes a 28 percent increase in homicides, a 19 percent increase in sex abuse cases, and a 60 percent increase in robberies. Councilman Trayon White says the problem has put many of those living in the city on edge. We are constantly hearing sounds of rapid gunfire, not just at nighttime anymore, early in the morning, during the day. And all day long. We're speaking with Fox's senior national correspondent, Rich Edson, about the councilman's calls to send in the National Guard, but also what other laws may play a role. I've been here for about 15 years, and when I first moved here, it was emerging from that 80s and 90s era of really high crime rates that had hit major cities across the country, and D.C. was no exception to that. And there was just a lot of development. There has been a lot of development. I mean, we've seen neighborhoods in the district um, that have been completely redeveloped. Navy Yard, where now a lot of people who work on Capitol Hill, it's like an extended part of Capitol Hill they live. Uh, Union Market, much much on the east side of the city. Uh, but really starting with the pandemic, we started to see a backslide here. And we are now seeing homicide and violent crime rates that we have not seen in this city in decades. So it's a very strange mixture of the development keeps happening. There still are sky-high rental rates for a lot of people in this city. Um, But you're hearing an awful lot more about crime than you ever have, at least in the last decade, decade and a half. Right. And I can speak to a lot of this, too, because, you know, I'm I'm a Navy Yard resident. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I would say most of the time I feel safe walking either, you know, to the store from work or to the bar or whatever it is. But we have had two fatal shootings at our metro stop within the last year or so. So it's certainly concerning uh, just being a resident in this city. And clearly city council starting to notice that, as we're seeing, too, because you have this councilman. Uh, who is flirting with the idea of calling in the National Guard to address the issue, right? Yeah, this is Treon White. He's a Ward 8 council member, and this is where a lot of um, a lot of low-income folks live in that ward. There's a lot of crime in that ward. It's a very young ward. Um, and he is basically saying that it's a war zone and um, that the police are outgunned and that the best way to address this or a way to address this is to consider, he says, may have to call in the National Guard. Now, he says that he's had conversations with the D.C. National Guard about all this. The D.C. National Guard says they have received no official request from the city to dispatch the National Guard on a policing mission. And and previously, the mayor has dismissed this and has said, well, you know, we're focused on on recruiting and retaining police officers. The National Guard uh, isn't necessarily this isn't necessarily what their mission is. And we'll work with them on what their mission is. But policing really belongs to the police department. So it may not go anywhere, but he's really highlighting the violent crime that's happening, especially in, in his ward and throughout the city. And off a very violent weekend, 11 people killed from from Friday night through Sunday here. And is this even 
legal to have the National Guard come in and, and pretty much be used as a crime-fighting unit? It's it's something that would have to come from the re- a request from the mayor's office, and it would have to be tailored to a type of support mission. You know that we have in this in this country, it's very difficult to get the military to police. There's a separation there. Um, there's a very legal separation, and and local jurisdictions have the primary job of policing. And if you are just talking about what it would you know not be in a time of 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 an emergency, right? I mean. There's an argument that, sure, it's an emergency situation that um, we've had this spike in murders in the city, but, you know, this isn't like a, you know, the type of natural disaster or something. Um, this is this is really an, a been a steady increase in crime. So it'd be questionable uh, whether the mayor's office would even make this request, and it doesn't seem like she's going to. Right, and, and if people have watched crime coverage on the national level throughout D.C., they might be shocked to hear a councilman suggesting this because it wasn't that long ago where Mayor Bowser was at odds with the D.C. City Council because they were trying to pretty much pass, a, I would say, a criminal justice reform legislation that would significantly reduce heavy sentencing for for violent crime i believe it was related to carjackings and yep. some other other things there yeah this is this is quite a 180 she has been really at quite a back and forth with the city council over a lot of these measures over hiring police officers more money for police officers more police on the beat uh and what the what the city council did in response uh to the nationwide protests we saw after george floyd uh several a handful of years ago so you know, this is now the mayor's office trying to undo a lot of what the council had pushed for. And it all came to a head on this overhaul of of the criminal code in the District of Columbia. And and there is there is widespread agreement that the D.C. criminal code needs updating just because it's 100 years old and it's not doesn't really tailored for for modern day criminal prosecution. But where they got into trouble and where this really hit a controversial um, it hit controversy was was when you reduced criminal penalties sentencing for crimes like carjacking in the middle of a, a, just an enormous spree of carjackings in the city, and um, it the the mayor vetoed that override. The D.C. Um, council or uh, the the mayor um, I'm sorry vetoed the the override of of the D.C. council. Uh, legislation. The D.C. Council went and overrode her veto, and then it got to the point where the, where the U.S. Congress and the President of the United States overrode that. So there was no overhaul, but it's just sort of the latest fight in this back and forth between the council and the mayor's office on how to address crime. We have been speaking to Rich Edson, Fox's senior national correspondent, about the crime crisis many U.S. cities are facing, particularly in the nation's capital. More after this. And from what I remember, Mayor Bowser didn't want the Republican Party getting involved with this and didn't really want Congress getting involved, even though they were siding with her position on a lot of this. But they ultimately ended up doing that in many ways. uh, There's this irony here where it seems like, you know, you have this uh, liberal mayor of a big city getting aid from the Republican Party when it comes to stopping legislation that she didn't want becoming law. Yeah, they're on the same page there. There is a broader issue in the District of Columbia, and to really understand D.C. politics, um, you know, 
a large part of the identity of the of the District of Columbia government is this push for statehood. Uh, and back in the day, I remember you'd sit in the you'd sit in a cab, and they'd have the little videos that that played in cabs, like they have in New York City. And the mayor would get up and say, "Hey, did you know that Washington D.C. is not a state, and we are this fight for statehood?" So the, the D.C. government is almost programmed in everything it does and says to push for statehood, saying that you know without federal representation in the U.S. Senate and the U.S. House, that that you've got hundreds of thousands of residents of this city who are essentially disenfranchised and not represented in the federal government. So, yes, she likes the result of this D.C. criminal code getting overridden by the federal government. But as a rule, the D.C. government, from the mayor all the way down, does not want Congress and the federal government playing in anything in what the D.C. government has done, which is, um, you know, the, D- the, the there was a D.C. referendum several years ago to, to decriminalize and legalize marijuana possession in the city. Um, the council, the, the U.S. government, the Congress defunded that. So we have a very weird Frankenstein system where you can't, there are no marijuana stores that are legal. There are, there's medical marijuana dispensaries. And now if you want a resident can just apply for medical marijuana license and go get it. So it's, they're, they're, they're constantly working around some of the federal prohibitions that are on the district of Columbia. Um, this, that's just an example of it, but there's there's always been a back and forth between D.C. and what the federal government wants to try to do here. Right. If you go to the DMV here, I believe they give you a license plate that says end taxation without representation. That which, it does. That, has, that might be a legal question for another day. But <laughs> uh, focusing on this, you know, when we, when we look at the crime numbers that we've seen in D.C., I believe it's you see violent crime going down in most northeastern cities, but D.C. is the exception to that, right? Right, right. And, and you've seen... You know, there there was a widespread increase in crime in city and across the country, too. I mean, this isn't just an issue uh, in cities. There was a spike in crime because of COVID or, or around the time of COVID um, that has decreased in a number of the cities, you know, Baltimore, New York, Philadelphia. Um, that's not the case in D.C. Violent crime is up in Washington this year over last year. There are... Um, a few dozen more murders already at this point in the year than there was at the same point last year. Crimes about 28 or murders about 28 or so percent. Carjackings have just been off the charts. I mean, and many of the suspects that the police are arresting, I mean, these are teenagers. These are kids with like serious heavy weaponry uh, found in their possessions. So, I mean, it's a huge, huge problem in the city. And this is all coming. I believe we're recording this podcast just about an, a couple minutes, maybe an hour after the video was dropped of uh, Rand Paul's aide being attacked. And it's very concerning. You see him walk across the walking down the street with a friend very casually. Next thing you know, you see them wrestling with whoever this individual was who allegedly committed this attack. And, you know, it, it, it's, it's kind of concerning. And I think it's it's pretty prevalent when you see somebody who works for somebody as powerful as Senator Rand Paul in the United States Congress being assaulted like that, just trying to enjoy their life pretty much. Yeah, and as you go around the city as well, I mean, you're beginning to see... The thing about D.C. is it's not a big city. And I always tell family and friends who come here, just prepare to walk everywhere because you can anything you want to see, you can walk around to it. I mean, of course, it's when it feels like 150 degrees out, maybe not, but <laughs> um, but it's it's a very small city. And... You know, a lot of the places, like you were saying, Navy Yard, I can, I can, I can vividly picture, you know, video of police tape from a shooting there, from a carjacking there, mm-hmm. from all, or, or you get, you know, you sign up for crime alerts in the city. How many times you get a crime alert or something violent happening in an area 
that like man i was just i yeah. was just walking and, through there i and, was at a restaurant there and for the audience navy yards the neighborhood where nats park is located yeah yeah it's it's a place that increases by tens of thousands of people every home game uh, people come from all over to watch the nats there and it's really become it was an area i moved here when they just were finishing that stadium uh, and they had really bulldozed pretty much everything that was there before the stadium. I mean, it is like a they've created a neighborhood out of yep. out of that. Uh, and I mean, it's a hot place to live. People enjoy going out. There's good bars. There's good restaurants. There's a base, major league baseball team there. Great transit options. Waterfront property. Um, and you know, it's not immune from these issues. And and this is the point that you know, uh, Council Councilman Trayon White is making. It's like. You know, you guys have this problem in a lot of these other neighborhoods. The epicenter of this is where he lives. It's Ward 8 across the Anacostia River. I mean, for as bad as it is in many of these newer neighborhoods where, where there's a lot of gentrification ongoing, it's it's really, really bad when you hear the residents talk about hearing gunfire every night. Fox's senior national correspondent, Rich Edson. Thank you for joining us on the Fox News Rundown Evening Edition. Thanks, Ryan. Appreciate it. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. And now, stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. Listen ad-free on Fox News Podcasts Plus on Apple Podcasts. And Prime members can listen to the show ad-free on Amazon Music. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com.